You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I'm one of the men in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air, let's go. Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. It feels like it's been a while since I've said this. You can use promo code... Ding dong. Oh, yeah. ConvoDD, capital C, capital Ds, all one word, ConvoDD, that would get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is Dave Jolly. We're on camera now. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, our new producer, Alex Allard, who is uh, standing by with us, of course. Uh, he's going to be with us, as always, now, which I'm very excited about. But Chris Faber, what's this like for you? You're, you're back. You're in a studio now, brand new studio, high above Rogers Arena, we should add. Yeah, high above. We can make the flip over here to our other angle. This is going to be the, the interesting part. A lot of my face, a lot of your face in here. Right. Uh, but uh, we are on video, but I, I do want to make this clear. Though we are live on YouTube and we're excited to interact with everybody here on the chat, whether it be on social media, I see we're live on Twitter as well. I didn't set any of that up, so that's great that that's up and running. Uh, I'm pumped for that. But also, this show is still a podcast, right? This is the Canucks Conversation podcast. I still want this to be about the audio. It's just kind of, to me, it's like an added aspect, adding the video to it. And a live chat. Shout out Chris French. Got the first comment on the chat. Chris French. Shout out Chris French. That's great. I think the part that I'm really going to like about video is being able to add to the prospects report. You're going to see that later on. I highly recommend if you are listening to this in podcast form, which I'm sure I'm going to guess we have more viewers on the podcast than we are going to see on listeners, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Compared to what we have on, uh, on YouTube anyways, that is, I think that's going to be fun to flip over to the YouTube. Maybe get a chance to watch a prospects report. If you're not on Twitter, you're not seeing my tweets coming out. I am going to be able to kind of break this down and we'll show it later on in the episode. So I highly recommend checking out the prospects report on YouTube. That is. So I'm excited for that part. Uh, but I'm also excited to get going. There's a lot to chat about with the Vancouver Canucks. We have a game tonight. We'll get into that a little bit later. But first, kind of want to just recap what I think you and I have had conversations about a lot this past weekend here. 
and that's the preseason and wondering if we should maybe worry a little bit. I think there's a lot of things that you can look at the Canucks preseason and think like, listen, it's preseason. It doesn't mean very much. But to me, when they put out like an NHL roster, they should still be playing at an NHL level in my eyes. I don't think preseason makes the biggest difference. I don't think I'm worried about it, but I do think there should be a little bit of concern, especially how they started last season, right? Like you cannot come out this year expecting to make the playoffs and just show up and have a start of the year like you did last year. That's not something that the Vancouver Canucks can do if this team is actually looking to push to become a playoff team. So I guess we'll just start there. Is is the preseason worrying you? Is it concerning you? Like what's the word you would use for what the Canucks have done in the preseason so far? I think based on their history, I don't think the Canucks are at a point where they've earned the right to have people not be concerned about this, especially with how they started last year. But let's be honest here, right? We've been talking to the players since training camp up in Whistler. And even before that, when they were skating out in Burnaby at eight rinks. And the one thing all of the players have kind of said to us is that, look, like we know it wasn't good enough last year and it, our start killed us. So they all know like they need to be good right off the hop. Right. And a lot of players arrived really early for that reason. That was what a lot of them cited. Like you look at Thatcher Demko guy got out here in August to start working with Ian Clark, right? He was looking forward to uh, getting the season started. And that goes for a lot of guys on this team. And JT Miller even spoke about it today when the Canucks practiced out at UBC, obviously we'll get to the lineups in the Edmonton game, JT Miller, uh, Elias Patterson, Andre Kuzmenko, Bohorvat, none of them traveling with the team to Edmonton. But JT Miller was the one that spoke to media today after that practice. Practice, and he spoke about the importance of just like, yeah, we have a great lineup on paper once again, but it's about actually getting it done now, right? And he even said, we've had a good lineup on paper every year I've been here, right. and we haven't been get been able to get it done. Obviously, there was that bubble season, but still, it's it's something to pay attention to that, yeah, the club hasn't looked great in preseason. And again, it's not about results. It's about how they lose. And again, Big this time. is this isn't something we're making up. This is what Bruce Boudreau said when he's speaking about these losses, right? Is he says things like, you know, we got outworked. We were too sloppy with the puck. And you look at it, we that last game. couldn't keep up with the speed. That's important Of the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. It was the Seattle Kraken that they couldn't keep up with speed with. Let that sink in. That's not, that's not good. That's something to be concerned about, that the Canucks couldn't keep up with the speed of the Seattle Kraken. And I understand they've improved since last season, but the speed of the Seattle Kraken. Did you think we would be hearing that? I didn't. So, I, I again... I don't think I'm concerned. I don't think anybody should be worried about the preseason, but I think people should be watching for specific things when they're watching these games, if that makes sense. You're not watching and saying, oh, golly gee, I hope they win. Like, we'll get to the lineups. I don't think the Canucks are going to win tonight. But but Bruce Boudreaux did speak again about what he's looking for tonight. He's looking for the systems. How are the systems working? Um, you know, we'll talk about the opportunity that each guy in the lineup kind of has as we get go on in the episode here. But Preseason all in all, yeah, it's not a great start. Two four nothing losses. That's not what you want. But I don't know if worried or concerned is something that you can put on there. Maybe concerned is is better than worried. I, again, like these games don't count, right? So the results don't matter. It's how you're losing. And right now, I don't think people are exceptionally pleased with how the Canucks are losing. But I also think uh, there's a lot of positives to take away too. Yeah, I look at that game against the Kraken and I say. Man, that can't happen in the regular season. And it's funny, like we're chatting about this right now because it is the most recent hockey that we've seen the Vancouver Canucks play. This all isn't going to matter in two weeks, right? I, I don't think. I don't think that it's going to be something that carries over. I do think that there is somewhat of a preseason mentality in the players' eyes. Though, you know, Bruce Boudreaux, you can hear his post-game media availabilities. He's not ecstatic about anything. Like a, a coach that we've seen where everything seemed to go their way last year and a lot of things broke Bruce's way 
at the end of last season, the way everything's played out, aside from not making the playoffs, Bruce was in a good mood almost after every game. And it was kind of interesting to see him over the past couple of games here, not being, you know, in a mood that I haven't really seen Bruce Boudreaux in before. Especially in a preseason game. Like, like, like you just said, it was a little surprising to see it in a preseason game, I'd say. I, I Again, I'm not trying to say it was unwarranted. Absolutely. I think everything Boudreaux said was, was very warranted, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was talking about, like I said, he didn't like that his team got outworked, right? And, and he shouldn't, honestly. He shouldn't. I don't care if it's preseason or regular season at that point. If you are getting outworked by a team that, on paper, the Canucks had a better team in that four. They, and, yeah. and don't get me wrong. If it's like a, a tight game where teams are back and forth, was there a period that you liked? In the against the Seattle Kraken, I don't think so. I remember no. I felt like that game went by in two different ways. Like it felt like it sped by because nothing happened, but it also felt like it just dragged and dragged and dragged. So there's nothing to hold on to from that game to make you think like, oh, this is this is a good thing from the Canucks in preseason. Let's remember, Bo Horvat and JT Miller were in the lineup that night. Yeah, like let that sink in, right? Those are two of your top centers in the lineup, and they were invisible, right? They were like Jake Furtan in this preseason, which we're going to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Um, Invisible. Get involved in the YouTube as well. We got the yeah, live we've got a lot of comments. Right I haven't really found a time to read them, but shout out everybody in the YouTube comments. Uh, just reading them again. I got to say, Chris French pointed it out. He had the first comment, but we've got other commenters. A lot to get through here. Brandon, uh, Barrow, Darren, Eric, Aiden Fox, everybody jumping in here. Not uh, not the Aiden Fox from the Canucks. I, it's Aiden Fox who said, good day from Melbourne, Australia. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't think uh, Aiden Fox from the Canucks is in Melbourne right now. Could be. Nice little vacation there. Um, all right. I want, just quickly want to mention as well, I think the thing that I am most concerned about, and I'm not saying that I am, like I am a little bit. I think a little bit of what the Canucks play should be cause for concern. To me, the big one is just watching only two goals be scored at five on five through four games. Four games. I know you have the split squad against Calgary, so it's like you can't really dive too much into that. But at the same time, it's that's two games with opportunities to score five on five goals. They only have two goals through four games. You look at a team, I think I looked at it the other day, Nashville had 12 goals in four games at five on five. So the Canucks is two goals. It's it's not, I think, I don't know if it's cause for concern. It's not like tonight might be the night to fix it where the Canucks are sending a very AHL loaded lineup. We'll pull up our lineups here in just a minute. But that is, to me, the one thing that I would be a little bit concerned about is, hey, where's, you know, the 5-on-5 scoring supposed to be, to me, something that the Canucks team should be exceeding in. Like, that's a spot where the 5-on-5 production offensively is going to be coming from that forward group. It's something that they should be strong in. And to only see a goal from Pod Colson and Kuzmenko, yeah, I think that would be the thing that might worry me a little bit. If I'm at, like, I'm a little concerned about certain things, but the thing I would be worrying about would be only seeing two 5-on-5 goals through four games. Just to play devil's advocate, because uh, you know what? Not even to play devil's advocate, because I actually agree with you. I think that is the most concerning thing about the Canucks preseason, but I'll give you another one to chew on. The defense pairings. Mm. What defense pairing has worked for this team so far? Like, yeah. I would argue that OEL Hughes has shown flashes, but I don't think you're going into opening night saying, yeah, this is, you know, the way we talked about it was, well, if Hughes moves to the right side, the Canucks have one of the best pairs in the NHL. Like, they've got OEL uh, going to be able to unlock him offensively a little bit more by pairing him with Quinn Hughes. I don't think you've seen that from this pairing in the preseason. Like, you haven't seen them take over a game in the way we've been talking about it. And even when we were throwing out actual defense pairings, I said, I, I still think Hughes and Shen are going to be the first pairing. And then maybe when the Canucks are trailing in games, we'll see them throw out OEL and Hughes on the right side. And I don't know if that takes over a game the way that we kind of thought it would when we were discussing these line pairings and everything. Yeah, the more and more 
we see that pairing. It's to me, I think they are using the preseason here to just see how it would look at times in a game. It's, I don't think we're going to see that even on opening night. Like I, I do think that we are going to end up potentially reverting back to Hughes and Shen as kind of the pairing that's going to be where Hughes is going to play with. Because I'm looking down this defense court, and I think you know, with the with the concerns about what Travis Dermott's going to do here, we don't really know. We haven't had an update so much on Dermott at this point. It's going to be interesting to see like what his injury means to this team because it's weird. Like that shouldn't be the thing that breaks the camel's back on your defense core, but that could be something that kind of limits their opportunity to even start with Quinn Hughes and OEL as your first pairing. I, opening night, I, I don't expect to see it. I, I think we might see it at times on opening night, like the the, the two might play together you know, at, at times in the first, second, or third period. But I don't think we're going to see it as the most consistent pairing for the Vancouver Canucks, like I think a lot of people might expect to see. To me, I, I, may, I am still expecting to kind of see OEL go back with Myers. But to counterpoint that, it was interesting in the Seattle game where that pairing starts together. Later on in the game, we start to see Jack Rathbone get some time with OEL. We start to see a little bit of a switch. Uh, I'm sorry, Jack Rathman with Tyler Myers. We just start to see that pairing that I thought would be one that would be sticking together full time kind of split up a little bit. So I was a little curious to see that with the defense pairings. I, I think that's the biggest question mark for this team right now is the defense pairings. But that comes from kind of not being in the in the mode where you're going all NHLers. And it'll be interesting to see what they do in Abbotsford, man, because I think this this lineup that they're sending to uh, to Edmonton is, is nothing special. So maybe we'll kind of... Uh, transition our way towards that unless you got anything to add on the defense like do you expect OEL and Hughes to start for for day one I don't think it's going to be your opening night lineup I think we see it at times I think we get enough of a sample size of it that you can look at the stats of them together the advanced stats and say okay well through this many minutes they've actually performed quite well but again keeping in mind that the Canucks are going to use this pairing I think uh in times when they're down by a goal or you know maybe even if they're protecting a lead if they trust the pairing in that regard but I don't think it's going to be a pairing you see for um and again I don't want to say 60 minutes because obviously they're not going to play 60 minutes but I don't think that's your pairing from start to finish of a game Eric from Poco jumped into the YouTube chat and said, as a POCO resident, going to take the opportunity to check out Abbotsford Training Camp. Again, uh, training camp for the Abbotsford Canucks at the Port Coquitlam Recreation Center. Newly constructed uh, POCO. Yeah, how new is this arena? It's very new. It's It's very new. I'll tell you what, it's a a nice place. Shout out POCO. Because what's that? You took me to that place there. That little barn had three rows in there. Oh, don't Nobody you knock there. Poirier. I tried, home of the, home of the Coquitlam to, Express, shout yeah. out. Coquitlam no, I go to Express. the concession. I said, can I get a burger? They said, no, we don't have burgers. Snoozy loose. I said, well, can I get a hot dog? I said, no, we don't have hot dogs. Can I? Then I see somebody walk away with fries. I said, can I get fries? Oh, we just ran out. So what do you have there? They got Kit Kats and Pepsi. You went too late. You got like, to be quick. It's like four minutes into the second period. First period, it's time to go. Okay. Apparently. Uh, let's let's move on here to the lineups because we have some people uh, mentioning stuff about the lineups in the chat here. So I wanted to get to it. Uh, we're going to pull them up on the screen. Um, our, our beautiful producer, Alex, is going to be doing that. Alex he is beautiful, is yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Look at that transition. And for those uh, on the podcast, well, don't worry. We remember that we're a podcast and we have audio. So... The morning skate lines for the Canucks, courtesy of Brennan Bachelor of Sportsnet 650. The first line for the Canucks, Vasily Podkolzin, Sheldon Dries, and Connor Garland. Now, the thing that I wanted to bring up when I bring up that first line is in the chat here, Bryce, Bryce Hasty asked, uh, do you think Garland got sent to Edmonton with an AHL squad because his lack of effort has upset Boudreaux? 
I'm going to say no. I think we might be reading a bit too much into that. I'll give you my reasoning for this first line, Chris, because uh, again, we're going to touch on the Edmonton lineup as well, but folks, it's an NHL lineup. Let's, let's be honest here. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers are icing an NHL lineup tonight, plus Jake for Tannen. So what I read about in this first line, Chris, is the Canucks don't have a ton of center depth. So Sheldon Dries is probably one of your first center call-ups, right? So again, I wrote this in the scenes for morning skate on Canucks army this morning, but I kind of look at it in the sense of, look, Sheldon Dries might actually find himself in a position this year where he is the pivot on a line with Vasily Podkolzin and Connor Garland on his wing. So the preseason is a good chance for him to get a chance to do that, right? And again, you never want to see an injury, but I'm looking at it in the sense of if a top nine guy goes down, you probably aren't moving Jason Dickinson up to the center position on one of the scoring lines and you might not want to move Lazar either, right? You might want to keep that Dickinson Lazar and Joshua line together. Although we haven't seen it together uh, as much as maybe we thought we did, we would originally. So I'm looking at this in the sense of they're getting their depth guys some rep and, and Boudreaux even talked about what he's looking for tonight. Cause you know, he acknowledged it, it's not an, his NHL lineup going, but you know, he said he wants to see them doing the right things. He wants to, you know, that's where you check your systems and stuff and make sure everybody knows because look, the Canucks, you look at this, this is a lot, these are a lot of depth pieces coming up. And to be honest, they're playing in spots where you might actually see them. Like again, if Klimovich gets any sniff of the NHL, he's probably not playing in the top nine role, right? And that's a guy they want to round out his game. They want to be a more complete player. Give him a taste tonight against an NHL lineup in Edmonton. Remember, these games don't count, folks. So I'm looking at this and saying they're giving Klimovich a chance to get into an NHL game. Uh, same same thing with Tristan Nielsen, who Rick Dollywell of Donnie and Dolly, the team, uh, reported today that the Canucks might be uh, looking at giving him an ELC. He reported that on Sakaris and Price, I should say. So I look at this lineup and say, there's a lot of depth options here that the Canucks maybe just want to get some reps. And again, the big one that I look at is Sheldon drives between Pod Colson and Garland. That's a place he could find himself at uh, some point in the season. Yeah. It, this is the most mixed up lineups. I think we we've seen in the preseason so far, right? I mean, you have some NHLers and Garland and Pod Colson playing with drives. Um, you got the dog Tristan Nielsen out there playing on the second line. I'm excited to watch that line play a little bit together. That, could be like a, a top six line in the AHL if Hugliner happens to ever go down there at some point this year, which isn't really trending towards that direction right now. I mean, it looks like Hugliner is going to find his way to get into an NHL lineup. But there, there's some names here that like I, I have wanted to see and, you know, actually get a good look at them in preseason. I think tonight's a night for Tristan Nielsen. You talk about trying to earn an NHL contract. Uh, I, I remember talking to him during summer skates and he was just saying like, this is a year for him it's a contract year for him just in the AHL, right? Like he doesn't have a deal with the Vancouver Canucks. He has an AHL contract with the Abbotsford Canucks, but there has been a lot to like from Tristan Nielsen early on so far in the preseason and even taking it back to Young Stars and Penticton. Like he was potentially the best Canuck out there. I absolutely loved watching him play. I'm curious to see how it looks with him. You know, his speed is the thing that he relies upon. It's the thing that he absolutely calls the biggest strength in his game. How's he going to look against some of these top lines uh, against the Edmonton Oilers? And Alex, we'll get you to bring up the Oilers lineup here, which is uh, going to look a little bit different uh, than what you see from the Vancouver Canucks who are sending like defense pairings of Wolanin and, and Burroughs and Breezebois, uh and Brady Keeper playing. You know, the Oilers top line, you're going to see Kane, McDavid, Yamamoto, uh, Holloway, Drysaddle, and Hyman like, their top six is their top six, I think, at this point, depending on what happens with Dylan Holloway. Dylan Holloway is a really interesting one in Edmonton. Yeah, he has been... 
Giving like, him chances to succeed, right? Sure, I didn't love him at Young Stars, though. I, I thought he was just all right for, for what a lot of people are expecting from him. But you're going to see Jack Campbell tonight, it sounds like, be the starter. Um, this is a very NHL-looking lineup for the Edmonton Oilers compared to the Vancouver Canucks, who are you know icing guys like John Stevens and Tristan Nielsen, uh, even Danila Klimovich, players that I don't think should be around uh, the NHL this season. But then again, the Oilers, like you said, they're playing Britannia, and he probably won't be around the NHL either. So it isn't a full NHL lineup for the Oilers, but it's very close. That top nine... Like, that is very much what we could see from the Oilers' top nine this year. Can I say one thing about the Canucks' first defense pairing of Christian Wolanin and Kyle Burrows? I look at that pairing, Chris, and I see a guy in Christian Wolanin who impressed, I'd say, has impressed so far this preseason. I think he was a guy that nobody was really paying much attention to ahead of the preseason, and I think he's done things to stand out in a positive manner. Would you agree? Because... That's kind of how I look at Christian Wolanin right now is just seeing like, okay, he's impressed. Now he's getting a chance to play arguably one of the better forward groups, uh, at least in terms of McDavid and Drysaddle, let's be honest here. Uh, one of the better forward groups in the preseason. He's getting a chance to prove himself there on the top pairing for the Canucks tonight. He is expected to quarterback the power play unit. So uh, the first power play unit, I should say, and we have power play units as well. If we'd like to pull them up, we can do whatever we want on this show, which is fantastic. But I, I did want to mention Christian Wolanin and Kyle Burrows. I find that to be a really interesting pairing uh, for this team because I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. New listeners on the live show, maybe. Uh, I've, I've been on on board with not putting Kyle Burrows through waivers since day one here. Like Kyle Burrows is somebody I don't think this team can afford to lose. And I personally think if you put him on waivers that he is getting claimed uh, by a team. So you don't want to lose Kyle Burrows, in my opinion. I think you should have him. Uh, have him in your lineup for as long as you can. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I would not like to see Burroughs hit waivers. I, I think he's got to stay. He's a guy who can play both sides on defense. He played some forward last year, right, at some point. Like, he he's very versatile. And I shouldn't say in your lineup. I should say on your roster. Sure. You want him on your roster. He could even be in the, you know, he could be the yeah, number six guy. maybe not every season. night. But tonight's going to be interesting for Burroughs to see how much he's relied upon. Because, mm-hmm. man, like, you, you look at this defense core and you're thinking about, like, NHL games. It's likely to be Burroughs, the guy leading the charge here. I, you, know, you mentioned Willane in it, and he's going to be interesting to watch how him and as well as Wyatt Kalyanuk, how they kind of fit in in the AHL. Both guys who have veteran, you know, they've been around. They've played in the AHL. They've played in the NHL. Um, it will be interesting to watch those two. I think they're going to help Abbotsford a lot. I think those are two guys that are going to help that team uh, in their defense core, especially after losing Madison Bowie, potentially, likely, I'd say, losing Jack Rathbone as well. Um, so two players that are going to kind of help carry the offense a little bit. So I'm watching that top pairing for the Canucks, but I don't think it's going to be a great night for the Vancouver Canucks here against this Edmonton Oilers team. I think. Um, hey, I'm excited to see Sheldon Dries. Like, what's the over under for for Connor McDavid points tonight? I, I like, don't how hard know, is he trying tonight? I will tell you, Ryan Shap hopped in the YouTube chat here. Shout out Ryan Shap, and he said, "I bet big on Edmonton tonight before they change the odds." So again, as we get another look at the Oilers lineup here. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is their third line center. He's their third line center on opening night as well. So they're going to get a good chance. And we we briefly touched on it, but Jake Vertanen, who by all accounts of anybody that we've talked to in Edmonton has been absolutely invisible uh, in the preseason. He's getting a chance on the fourth line tonight. Uh, Jay Woodcroft, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, voted most handsome, by the way. Uh, Jay Woodcroft saying that this is a very, very important game for Vertanen. A lot of people thought that Vertanen was going to be released from his PTO Yesterday, uh, him and Jason Demers. Demers not in the lineup tonight, but Jason Demers, as far as I know, uh, is still on the PTOs in Edmonton. So something to watch. Former Canuck Jake Vertanen in the lineup for the Oilers tonight. And pressure's on Jake, for sure, in Edmonton right now because he hasn't done anything in the preseason. 
As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, maybe. Then whatever. He might play uh, in Abbotsford even as well. Like they're going to send an AHL team. Because I don't think they're sending this group again out to Abbotsford. Unfortunate for the people that are going to be at that game uh, on Wednesday. You might uh, you might get another look at Jake Vertanen and his... Uh, was it homegrown city? He's an Ab- Abbotsford kid. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Anyway, I don't know why we're talking about it. I, I just wanted to mention something else uh, in terms of format because there's going to be people on the podcast wondering where they could watch the, the live show. You don't have to see it live, folks. It's going to be posted on the Nation Network YouTube channel. And if you don't want to go through that YouTube channel, because we've heard you, we've heard you, you don't want to be bombarded with Oily Boys content. We understand to an extent. But. Uh, if you want to watch replays of the show, we will have an article going up every day on Canucks Army, just under that little shows tab uh, on CanucksArmy.com. It'll be written by yours truly on most days. And we got a fun poll question tomorrow in our Atlas Goods poll question. Uh, I think we're doing poll questions Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, and we're hoping to uh, work out something fun with our friends at Zephyr Epic. I know somebody already pointed out to me that, hey, you forgot to mention Zephyr Epic. Oh, no, don't you worry. We're working on something fun with them uh, for the new format. Yeah, I got a lot of I got a lot of hockey. I want to show them off. Is that for we are gonna? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're working on something. I got a drawer full of hockey cards. I'd love to do something with that. I got my my favorite card here. You can show it on the YouTube channel. I'm the podcast listeners are hating you right now. That's fine. They can look at this on YouTube. My shiny Dragonite. Super proud of this. Okay, might be my uh, one of my most prized possessions. Yeah. So for those on the podcast, Chris Faber just showed his Dragonite card to everybody. And uh, he was pretty proud of it. The Pokemans, as you call them. The Pokemans. Yep. Zephyr has got you covered. Okay. Well, let's dive into another topic here, um, which I'm going to find pretty interesting. I think it was asked to me in the mailbag for Canucks Army this past week or maybe the week before. Brock Besser expected to miss the beginning of the season. Skated today. Skated today. Good to see him back on the ice. That's absolutely a good thing moving forward here, especially with a wrist injury. But just to see him back on the ice skating, that's huge. The first power play unit was one of the things that you you really had to take away from this preseason in that one game against Seattle. It looked good together. Like that five-man group, and we'll get to, well, Alex will pull this up for us here on the YouTube, the, the power play one of Andre Kuzmenko as kind of the net front, sort of more behind-the-net type of presence. JT Miller on the left side, Bo Horvat in the bumper, Elias Pettersson on the right side, and Quinn Hughes at the top. This is where Kuzmenko did his damage in the KHL, man. This is where Kuzmenko put up a lot of these primary assists. You know, he finished, as we can see here on the YouTube, 45 games played, 20 goals, 33 assists, more than a point per game. A lot of those first assists came on the power play with him behind the net, setting up plays. And it was... He looked simple. right at home there. You know what it was? It wasn't just, like, making plays to the bumper. Kuzmenko, and this is what I'm going to find interesting to watch how this Canucks power play develops... 
because Mako can make that play from kind of the deep left corner all the way over to the Pedersen side. Because he had, I forget his name, Biroff, I think, or something. Uh, Like an absolute KHL sniper who's never going to make the NHL, but he rips it in the KHL. And he was able to make that pass. So if he can make that pass to Pedersen for a one-timer from down low on the left side, being a right shot, he gets a little bit more space there. Mm -hmm. He can find any any way of being able to make that pass. Even if you do it once or twice, it kind of gives Bo Horvat more room, which is going to be your main passing target for Kuzmenko at that point. But I'll tell you what, if he can learn how to get that puck to Pedersen to a certain degree, he's going to stick in that spot. I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. Does Brock Besser take that spot back immediately when he comes back from injury? Or is Kuzmenko going to be given a run here? Are you going to have to see how Kuzmenko looks in an NHL regular season before you make a decision on what happens with PP1? Well, I mean, he's going to get a shot, right? Like, he's going to get a chance to make a run. So... I almost don't want to answer right now because we have to see what he does with that run because he's going to get one regardless, right? It's not, is he going to get a run? Yeah, he is because Brock Bester's hurt. Brock Bester's not going to be able to start the season. So yeah, it's Andre Kuzmenko's spot until until he's proven otherwise, right? Like, I mean, you kind of look at it and say, okay, that's Brock Bester's spot. But if Andre Kuzmenko, who like you just astutely pointed out, uh, ripped it up in that spot in the KHL, if he's able to do that again, in the NHL, right? If he's able to find success as power play unit, and like let's say the Canucks power play unit is clicking because, folks, it did look like a problem. Like if we're talking about positives in the preseason, the Canucks power play unit has to be up there, right? Like the first power play unit it has to be up there. And again, yeah, I know we I, mentioned... I don't think they've put enough of the the right bodies in there to say that this is a worrisome thing yet. I think like when we did see all of these five bodies together on the power play. What are you talking about? I said it's good. Oh, okay. I thought you said to worry a little bit. No, 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 no. I said it's a problem, as in it's a problem for the league. Oh, uh, not this. <laughs> yeah, this is the whole problem. This. Oh, now what? You got don't me start getting me with the problem with the word problem. Okay? I got a problem with that. I don't think there's any listener out there who had trouble understanding that. I, that's why I gave you that look. People on the YouTube chat for sure saw it. But uh, that's what I. That's what I like about the YouTube here is people are going to see these looks. Replays. Yeah, maybe, and you like, know what? What are best, you talking about? The best part about this, and listeners of the podcast, is you haven't. You have to use your phone for the uh, for the YouTube chat. So you're gonna have you're not gonna be able to look at your Addison. I never you're not gonna did. be looking at your TikToks the whole time. As I always said on the old show, I never go on my phone during the show. No, I you never, do it. No, uh, you would bag milk. You guys no. can't be talking all day long. Also, like, I'm pretty sure bag milk jumped in the YouTube chat because because yeah, because you're not answering his text. Probably well, that's why. The bag, there was someone from the Nation Network YouTube channel uh, that commented, "Boo, Mariners squad, the playoff bound Seattle Mariners." I might add. Uh, <laughs> limping their way to the playoffs right now it would appear losing <laughs> to the oakland a's yesterday uh okay so we actually had a few people in the comment section uh pointing out that maybe my verbiage was a little bit confusing thank someone you, thank said you. i was confused too Faber, uh and then belcara said definitely confusing uh also thanks for all the love yeah, in the how chat is the chat going i can't see it so well tell me about alex it. is getting some love in the chat producer alex getting some love in the chat uh brandon force let's bring let's bring out let's bring alex in here to chat alex i know you can turn on your mic it takes him like 10 seconds to get his mic on so we'll give him a little he's, a little got, he's got a here. lot dealing with how do you think we get these graphics this doesn't just happen chris i know he's doing a lot of stuff but let's bring him in alex you there are you there our producer alex hey guys i'm here Fantastic. All right, we're bringing in producer. We have a lot of fun with our producers, uh, whether it be you know back in the day on the Sportsnet show. So uh, we're excited to get you on here, Alex. Quick question: We're gonna, we're going to put you right on the spot because I, I even told you we weren't going to do this. Alex, are the Canucks <laughs> making the playoffs this year? What's going on? No, the Canucks are not making the playoffs. <laughs> All right, so the chat immediately hates himself to the listeners. <laughs> All right, yeah. Ryan Schaap jumped in and he said, "Woo, Mariners! Let's talk about the Mariners more." Uh, and then he said, "Vladdy Junior could learn a thing or six from Julio Rodriguez." Ooh. 
Wow. I don't make the rules. This is the YouTube chat, folks. Okay. Do you want to jump onto your prospect report? Is there anything else about Edmonton? Actually, one last thing about Edmonton. I'm not going to hit the goalie intro, but Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell making a start tonight. It's his first chance uh, in an Oilers uniform, at least, to face the Vancouver Canucks. Kind of. It's more the Abbotsford Canucks. But Jack Campbell making the start tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. I'm for interested Canucks, to see him we this seeing, season. We're seeing Delia tonight. Yeah, Delia's, Delia's getting the start. Seelovs. It was not confirmed if Seelovs is going to be going in for the third period, as we've kind of seen uh, a lot in preseason. He's the closer, eh? They bring him in. The closer, who has blown a lot of saves lately. Well, yeah, he's played for the Mariners at the at the rate that he's blowing saves. <laughs> yeah, the Mariners' bullpen's good. Okay, we're not we're not getting into this. But, uh, yeah, Colin Delia. Delia, why do I say it different every time? Do you ever find... Never mind. I'm not going to get into this. Don't uh, ask me how to pronounce names. Colin Delia making the start for the Vancouver Canucks tonight in... Edmonton, not sure about Archer Seelovs. Bruce Boudreau wouldn't confirm that. Here's a question for you, and I don't know if we want to go to the goalie intro here. No, Maybe not on episode one. Not on episode one. Because our producer, Alex, he loves the goalie intro. Uh, But Mikey DiPietro, not a sniff of of play yet? What do you read off One period. You got the one period in Calgary, in, Calgary in the split squad game. Yeah. So nobody was watching that. What do you, what do you read Shout out that? cousin Francesco. Cause he, he texted me that cause I wasn't sure. So I, your I cousin, like, Francesco. Yeah, my cousin Francesco. I have a cousin named Francesco. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you read anything into that? What does that mean? Is that surprising? Do I read anything into it beyond this guy asked for a trade? No, I don't like, fair enough. I still, and again, I'm not going to pretend like I know what's going on in the sense of, I don't know what the Canucks plans are with Mikey DiPietro. Like people ask me all the time. They say, Hey, like, what have you heard about what the Canucks are planning to do with Mikey DiPietro? I don't know. But what I can tell you is that they're very high on Archer Silovs. So that makes it really interesting for me to see what this organization is going to do with Mikey DiPietro. Like there's a chance that Mikey DiPietro finds himself in the ECHL. I don't think that's where he would have seen himself a year ago. I don't think that's where, especially me, uh, evaluating him would have seen him going a year ago. But there's a good chance that he ends up in the ECHL. All right. Should've, he's he's probably not in the AHL, right? Should have hit the goalie intro there. You're going to rant like that. That's what uh, we, that told Al- we told Alex about the goalie talk when it starts going off. We hit the intro, cut the camera, just go straight to quads. I, I can leave the room. I can do whatever I want at that point. So My ring light died. Oh, no. Yeah, really, right off one. the bat. It's a tough. Well, one. that's going to get a tough Amazon review, but at least oh, it yeah. came in like one day here. It gets that's set fantastic. up. Fantastic. Okay, so now people are noticing. Yeah, you look tired now on the uh, on the YouTube. Yeah, I do. Okay, <laughs> prospect report. Give All it to right, us. let's dive into the prospects report. We got a lot to get to, as well as some video coming up here as well. This is what I highly recommend if you're listening to the podcast, you're at home, you're chilling, flip it over to uh, to YouTube, watch the prospect report on that. Same timestamp, roughly. It should be. Yeah. Aside from us, off. we screwed up the start here, too, of the, the YouTube, didn't we? Yeah, we you talking. jumped in. You jumped in. You're like, can you hear me? Well, I was like, oh, maybe this video, I'm just going to reconnect real quick and disconnected everything. Alex is losing his mind. You could hear as soon as I came on here, Alex yelling at us. Uh, all right, uh, let's go to our prospects report. Jonathan LeCaire Mackey has a wrist injury. He missed his game on Friday, but shouldn't be out long-term. So that's good news. He shouldn't be out long-term. Um, could even play as soon as Tuesday. So a little bit of a worry spot as, as you know, this is a sniper for the Vancouver Canucks. He is their top prospect. You want him scoring goals. He's playing in a third line role right now for the Elspenskin team, but he was their first round pick in this most recent draft. You want to see a little bit of success early on. Haven't really seen a ton of it yet. I know he had uh, what I thought was an assist that ended up getting taken away from him in his first Elspenskin game of the season. But now the wrist injury, it's not great. This is a guy who relies on his shot, relies on his playmaking, stick handling, everything. You don't want to see a wrist injury to this type of player. 
Um, hopefully it's nothing long-term. Uh, I think Rick Dollywall reported that uh, the x-rays were negative. So I also heard that it was just, it's minor. He could be back uh, as quick as Tuesday. So that's a little update on Canucks' top prospect, Jonathan LeCarrie-Mackey. Our boy, Lucas Forcell. You know I love to talk Lucas Forcell quads. Um, one of our favorites just turned 19 years old. He's back playing in the SHL, which is exciting. He played nine minutes and 42 seconds over the weekend. Had two shots on goal. Farjastad of the SHL is going to move into some Champions League play, the CHL. I, I call it the real CHL, the Champions Hockey League. Uh, they're going to get going uh, in some Champions games starting tomorrow. I expect to see Forcell in these games um, and maybe even use a little bit more. Like he does, he does typically play around 10 minutes when he's playing in a role on the SHL team's fourth line. These Champions League games, like Fargestad should be able to run away with this when they're playing a much weaker opponent in this game. So I'm expecting to see him Hopefully get some more minutes, maybe back on power play two. That would be a good little movement there for Lucas Forcell. Over the weekend, heading over to Liga, Yanni Yermo, he played 15 minutes of 43 seconds. No stats to report from that game, but nice to see 15 minutes for Yanni Yermo. Uh, and Victor Parison played 13 minutes in his Liga game. But I tell you, Parison's been a little bit... I've liked Parison's game so far in Liga. As a right-shot defenseman, he's looked pretty good uh, in the limited time that he's been playing so far. And we got NCAA hockey cranking up. I was looking for your boy... Uh, Kukos Genvo quads, nowhere oh, to be found. I don't think Harvard played on the weekend. I might have missed it. I was looking for it. They might have played on Sunday, uh, but didn't see Koskenvo. Did see a photo of him, um, and he, he's still tall. I'll tell you that. Good, good. He is still tall. Uh, but Aiden McDonough, Jackson Dorrington, they played in their first NCAA game against like some Long Island University team, the Sharks. I think they were the Blue Sharks. Um, they should have been. They should have been whooping them in that game because Northeastern rank, ranked right now, I think, seventh in the nation, um, and they only ended up winning that game with like a uh, an overtime victory in a game where the team they should have dominated. I was expecting to see some goals from Aiden McDonough. Didn't see anything. Devin Levi didn't even look that great. Who I think might be the best goaltender out of the NHL right now. Um, he didn't look great in that game either. So it was kind of a, a slow start for Northeastern. I'm expecting them to have hopefully a bounce back here and start to see some goals from McDonough who. Uh, elite prospects, their uh, EP ringside just put out their picks for the Hobie Baker um, and McDonough near the top of those. So wow, could be the player of the year at NCAA hockey this year. All right, let's get to it. We got some clips now to get to. Let's go. Uh, let's start here with the Elias Pettersson goal. The the, uh, the left shot defenseman Elias Pettersson now has one goal and three assists in his four J20 games. He scored a goal that I just love to see. I mean, we liked Elias Pettersson off the top for his size, his skating ability, a couple of other things in his game of just like being a, a big body and being able to play like a defenseman. He's starting to really create a little bit of offense. Uh, we got the goal coming up here uh, with his shot from the point, just being able to rip a wrist shot. I think the offense has been something that's kind of um, just kind of surprised me a little bit more than, than what we saw at the draft. Cause we saw about the draft. He was good defensively. There was a lot to like, but since he's been playing in like these international, you know, U20 games and kind of getting a chance now to play in the J20 league, he's playing like a ridiculous amount of minutes uh, in the J20 leagues. And that's been great to kind of see him evolve and kind of show a little bit of that offense. Because I do think that there wasn't a ton of potential when he was initially drafted, but now you're seeing a little bit of that offense in the J20 league. So I've been liking that a little bit more. I don't know if you've seen as much Pedersen as I have. Well, I mean, the defensive game is what everybody was talking about, right? When he was first drafted by the Canucks, it was, you know, this guy can defend so well. So again, to see some offense, that's fantastic. And yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it bodes well for a guy who, yeah, we looked at as a defensive defenseman. And again, like before the draft, and again, he, he moved up a bit, but 
before the draft, months, months before, we kind of looked at him as being, okay, maybe the Canucks might take this guy in the sixth or seventh round. It might be a late round pick. They jump up, obviously take him in the third round. Uh, interesting to see him go there. Still can't believe they drafted Elias Pettersson. That's, That's great. Good. It's great for you the Patriots. Days later here, we can't even see. Alex, we got the clip over there. Elias Pettersson. Don't uh, yell at Alex. Well, it's it's the start of the show here. I'm trying to get uh, my Elias Pettersson. Yell. I'm clipping stuff. I'm putting together video here. Nope, nothing. All right, we'll just move forward to the next one here. Uh, on the list, I wanted to mention uh, Kirill Kudryatsev, OHL. They started their play over the past weekend, and Kirill Kudryatsev added a goal, which is nice for the defenseman to find that early on in the OHL season. I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of this game, to be 100% honest. Just saw the highlights of, of some shifts from Kudryatsev. Still moving the puck well. I found it interesting, eh, at training camp? Remember how loud the coaches were with Kirill Kudryatsev? I was like, surprised about that. Very much, whether it was Bruce Boudreaux, Trent Call, like these, the coaches were kind of giving it to this young guy who was just drafted by the Vancouver Canucks, seventh round pick, also a client of Dan Milstein. Uh, friend, who, who Dan represents, Milstein. Who uh, represents Andre Kuzmenko. That's Andre with a Y, according to Milstein. Um, so, I don't know. I, it's nice to see him get, a, get on the board early with a quick goal. Um, and I do want to bring up the final one here in my prospects report, Connor Lockhart. You know what you, you got? We start... got the Kudratsev goal. Oh, there you go. go. Now we got Producer the Producer Alex goal. coming out, coming through large. Yeah, he was on TikTok probably the last two minutes here. Uh, Kudratsev goal from the point. Nice to see a little wrist shot. Um, this is a guy who moves the puck really well, and I think even in the year before his draft, there was a lot of hype about how good of a puck mover he was, how good he was just getting the puck out of his own zone. So it was good to see kind of uh, get an opportunity early on the OHL, put up a point. Let's get to the the Connor Lockhart stuff because this is the this is the big uh, the big story from the weekend in my eyes. Connor Lockhart quads leading the OHL in scoring after the opening weekend of the OHL. He had six points over uh, two games. He had one, his first game on Thursday night. He ends up putting up three assists that night against his former team, uh, the Erie Otters, who he was just traded from in the offseason. And then here he comes rocking it for the Peterborough Peets. Uh, puts a goal in, kind of a, a pretty weak goal, actually, as you can kind of see on the YouTube screen here, just from the point, uh, firing a wrist shot. But to put up six points in his first two games, this is a kid who wants to earn an NHL contract this year, and you can see in the video here, not that most impressive goal, uh, but it did find the back of the net. He did put up two more assists later in the game. He's looking like he's getting time on the first line, first power play unit, really getting an opportunity to be used as a guy who you know, was such a high pick from the OHL draft coming into it. There was a lot of high expectations for this kid, Never really found it with the Erie Otters, but good start for him in the Peterborough Peets. So uh, that wraps up the prospects report. Thank Big God. weekend. I got more to, uh, tomorrow to get into because we got, like I said, we got Champions League. Um, I'm expecting to see a little bit more Lucas Forcell. So we'll dive into that a little bit of a shorter prospects report tomorrow. Okay, so just I want to talk about the new format a little bit, right? Because I'm getting a lot of commenters. I, I'm really liking the live format so far myself. But uh, shorter episodes, folks. We're not going to be going an hour plus yeah, like we, we used to. Yeah, now we're, we're going to have a hard out of about 45 minutes. The show's going to be between 30 to 45 minutes. We're going to have some guests. We're going to have poll questions for, brought to you by Atlas Goods on certain days of the week. Uh, we're going to have one tomorrow. Uh, we're probably going to put that out pretty quick here. We'd like to get it out uh, nice in advance. Not like we used to about how we used to uh, just kind of do things yeah. last minute. But we're, we've speaking got our of last minute here. Sure. we got to do the Betway wrap-up here. Give a quick, want to do the Betway wrap-up. Well, a quick bet for people out there. I'd put it up for the uh, the uh, simple one. It's our first episode. We can make a, a simple bet. We're not going too in-depth here. Uh, I just wanted to go Stanley Cup odds. You see where the Vancouver Canucks are at uh, on Betway over there, betway.com. Check them out. There's a logo right there, bottom left. Vancouver Canucks, 41 to 1 odds 
So what's that? You you put uh, fifty bucks. You throw fifty bucks on there. You win twenty <laughs> two thousand and fifty dollars, right? You throw fifty bucks on Carry those the, odds. I I put more money down on the Canucks to win the cup than fifty bucks this year. I'll, I'll tell you that. Is it a smart oh, bet? Geez. I don't know. Uh, but Betway giving you forty one to one. And you know what I do like, and uh, Alex, you scroll up here to the top. This is the one I like up here on the bet. Calgary Flames at fifteen to one. I like the, you know, I got the Flames at 20 to 1 when I bet this. Uh, I bet the day before they made that big trade. Oh, so yeah. they improved a little bit from that trade. I think I got them at 20 to 1, but they're still at 15 to 1 for the Stanley Cup down on betway.com. Is this the year they get it done? I like, I tell you what, man. So we got, who's at the top there? The Avalanche, 5 to 1. Maple Leafs, nobody should be putting that bet yeah, down. Yeah, no, nobody's betting on the Maple Leafs. 8 to 1 on the Leafs? No thanks. The the Lightning at 10 to 1. Out of this this top one you're looking at here, who do you like for, for getting your odds here? Oh, yeah. I'm a little surprised that the, the I, Vegas Golden Knights at 17 to 1. I think the Avalanche are repeating. I, I think they're going to get another one. I think they're going to get another cup. What about Oilers versus Flames? I think the Flames have a better chance than the Oilers. Yeah, that's fair. I'd say the Oilers. Yeah, I'd probably see the Flames have a better chance than the Oilers. Again, I think it comes down to goaltending in the playoffs, right? And I think still, even with the addition of Jack Campbell, again, I'm not going to get into it on this episode because we're running out of time. I'll talk about Jack Campbell another time. Never been a goalie that I've really been enamored with. Uh, Nice, nice word. Yeah, nice use of the word enamored. Uh, But yeah, Calgary Flames. I like Jacob Markstrom better than I like Jack Campbell. I do too. I I hope the world does. That's that's not a hot take. All uh, right, all right. We'll wrap things up there. Like you said, episodes are going to be between thirty minutes and forty five minutes uh, daily, though. Forward, but Monday to Friday, exactly. Monday to Friday, you put all those shows together, do a little bit of math, carry the thirty, carry the forty five. You're probably getting more Canucks conversation in the end, and now you're getting it on video. Uh, so that's great as well. So we'll wrap things up there. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to be able to recap what the Vancouver Canucks or the Abbotsford Canucks looked like against the Edmonton Oilers and their jacked up Connor McDavid loaded team. Um, we'll see what happens. Predictions for the score tonight. What do you think? I'm thinking six two. You think the Canucks are getting two? Yeah, I think nice. they won on the power play, one at five on five, so they get another five on five. Tonight. Okay, a five on five goal. They've had two in the preseason. You think they're getting one tonight? I'll, I'll say the score. The final score is five to one. All right, let's get Alex. Let's go back to the, the backfield. Let's see this here. We'll close out with this. We'll close out. Close out on the, the on the backfield. We got the view Rogers Arena. See it right down there. You got to turn around though. No, I'm just pointing. I can see it. I'm pointing it out here. Rogers Arena, People right down can't here. Can't really see that Rogers Arena is down there. But I'll close it out as I normally do for my co-host Chris Faber. My name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation, delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? <laughs>